Look, we have a lot of fun here at Remember the Game Industries. You've all heard my obnoxious, high-pitched laugh on the show. I love it. Video games are fun. The Simpsons are funny. It's good times. You know what isn't fun? Shopping for razors. And I don't mean that to sound sarcastic. It genuinely sucks. That's why you shouldn't shop for razors. You should just get them delivered by Harry's. Pick up a $3 trial set at harrys.com RTG and see what I'm talking about. I'm not going to stop beating the Harry's drum because it's a drum worth beating. The best razors on the market at better prices than the crap at the store and they're delivered to you. It's like a shaving cheat code. You've heard me say it. I have been a Harry's customer since I was driving a forklift at a company I'm not allowed to name but you all know who it is and sure my beard gets some praise now but i was a stubble guy for a long time and i still use harry's blades to keep the edges of my beard crisp so it looks like i have a jawline and if you've ever tried to shave along the edges of a beard you know that you can go through blades fast because there's a lot of weeds to whack in there but harry's blades just keep coming back for more i'm not just saying it there's so much better than the junky stuff you get at the store that means a faster cleaner shaving and two you buy less blades because they last longer the best razors for less money brought right to your door i don't know how else to say this harry's is on top for a reason the best reviews in the business customizable delivery schedules so you get them when you need them i can't see a reason not to use Harry's. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 209 and it is another one of our prestigious, 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 prestigious Patreon poll winning episodes. Uh, every month, our patrons get to pick a game that they want an episode of the show about, but that I have never played. And then I play it, and then I talk about it in my unique profanity lay semi-coherent fashion. Uh, last week, we talked Ratchet and Clank, which won June's Patreon poll. And as I'm sure you know from the title of this episode and the thumbnail and the music and all that shit, uh, this week, we're talking Splinter Cell, which won May's Patreon poll. And uh, yeah, this one... Is a little late. This one took longer than most of our Patreon poll winners. Big whoop. Want to fight about it? Uh, this was a tricky episode for me uh, because I don't, I don't think Splinter Cell is a bad game or anything. In fact, I I think it's pretty goddamn depressive for a game that's twenty years old. Uh, the, the issue is that I just I don't like stealth games. I don't have enough patience. I get mad. And it was like a weird thing where like I knew this was like I was playing a good game, but I didn't really like it. Uh, and the story completely fucked me. But if you want to know how or why, you're going to have to listen to the episode. Now, my buddy Bradley McHugh joined me on the podcast again this week. And we kicked the show off by having a quick discussion about his status in the Remember the Game Hall of Fame following the Majora's Mask episode from a few weeks ago. And then we got into Splinter Cell. And his incredible mechanics, surprisingly good graphics, trailblazing in the genre... 
but frustrating us and confusing the piss out of me at the same time. And we're going to get to all that in just a minute, because speaking of trailblazing but frustrating, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun. Our intros are long, but they're, they're a good time. You know what our intro is? It's like the tutorial level in Splinter Cell, which is really entertaining, just a little longer than it has to be, maybe. So uh, if you do want to skip the intro, if you're just here for Splinter Cell talk, go about 30 minutes up the road and you'll be into Splinter Cell. But hang around. We talk video games and stuff. It's a good time. I have to get my plugs out of the way. It's how we pay the bills. We have merchandise, hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, tank tops, all rocking incredible art drawn by my good friend Joe at 4545creative.com. You can check out all of our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. It is a great way to support us. And if you're like, I don't do clothes, that's fine. It's fucking hot on the entire planet is hot right now. So if you don't want clothes, you can always just consider supporting supporting us on Patreon. You got to throw the change in your couch at us and you get a lot of stuff for that change for $2 a month. You get two additional podcasts every week, every Friday, you'll get game patch, which is my gaming news show where we look at all the modern video game news and I throw in my opinions and some profanity and stuff in there. And on every Thursday, you're going to get access to expansion pass, which is a different podcast every week. I do game rankings, character rankings we look back at specific characters consoles franchises we do comedy episodes there's modern video game reviews this past week on expansion pass i reviewed into the breach which is a phenomenal roguelike tactile game that's available on mobile devices now via netflix along with being on pc and nintendo switch and it's just it is practically a perfect video game and they just released a ton of free updated content a bunch of new stuff and i'm completely hooked on it again and i thought the time was right uh, to polish those into the breach balls on the podcast. And as is becoming tradition during the intro, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, my Into the Breach review. <laughs> this game will fuck you up for the first half a dozen times you play it. Until you start to learn some of the mechanics. It's designed. Don't get frustrated. It's not like... So okay, we'll just get it. We'll get into it and then I'll try to explain it. But like, don't let it turn you off if it's beating you at first. There's no permadeath. It's not, it's it's a roguelike. It's expecting you to die and then start over again and again and again. So don't let that piss you off and get to, get to you, okay? Uh, the game itself is fucking hella deep as far as the strategy and things like that go. But you can learn the basics pretty quickly. It is a turn-based strategy game. Think... Think Fire Emblem, think XCOM, those, you know, Gears Tactics, those types of games. You're moving your characters around on like a board or a grid and the enemies are moving around on it as well. I fucking love those types of games. And the concept of the game is that Earth is in shambles. Uh, These giant monsters that are called the Vec, Vec, V-E-K, the Vec, are attacking humanity. And so you control a team of three mechs, which are these fucking giant killer robots. Again, think Pacific Rim. Or, uh, if you've never seen Pacific Rim, think Megazord from Power Rangers. So that's now available in our archives. And this week, for Expansion Pass number 123, we're going to talk some 1, 2, 3, see? Because it's a wrestling video game review. I'm finally ready to talk about WWE 2K22. Uh, If you don't know, 2K took a year off after WWE 2K20 shit the bed a couple years ago. And if you're wondering, did they write the ship with all that extra time with WWE 2K22? The answer is kind of. I, I do like it. I don't know if I love it, but I, I it's it's 
some stuff I love, some stuff I hate. I'll tell you all about it on Expansion Pass tomorrow. So again, $2 gets you two additional podcasts every week, plus instant access to 100 episodes of Game Patch and over 120 episodes of Expansion Pass. So instant access to over 200 bonus podcasts, plus two additional shows every week. Plus, you can join our Remember the Game Discord. You'll get a chance to vote in our Patreon poll every month. You get the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts, and you get a shout-out, and you get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to our newest patrons, Jake Floriani, Jack Goodson. I'm too far away from my notes, and I don't have very good eyes. There we go. Spiro the Hero, Brandon, Dan Fidel, Sean Johnson, Christopher Britt, Matthew Harrington, Pat P., Kenneth A. Rice, Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. That, that is the worst name I ever heard. Uh, David Simmons, Delicious Morsels, Stupid Sexy Flanders, Zach Bissonette, Kane Taylor, Vic Vinegar, Michelle, Zamatos, Fogbear, Yannick Paradis, J.D. Young, William Shaw, Ryan Draxler, Zach Efron, D.C. Kusinal, Kusinal, sorry, D.C., Addy Mangru, Gene Wang, Wagendorf Third, sorry, Gene, The Young King Ken, and Jamie Thorne. I feel like I only fucked a couple of those names up. But either way, thank you all so much, and welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash rememberthegame if you're interested. And don't forget, 5% of our Patreon every month is being added to a pool that we will be donating to the Stollery Children's Hospital at the end of the year as part of my 24-hour charity stream. We're over $1,500 raised already, so you get two additional shows every week. You get a ton of my rambling. We donate some money to charity and i can keep the power on it's fucking wins all around and finally you can check me out on twitch if you're interested as well twitch.tv slash member the game i just get on there whenever i can two or three nights a week i'm trying to stream more these days uh and yeah i just play i spend as much time arguing the chat as i do arguing with the game so it's a lot of fun all right that's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you. It is the opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow in our first blower this week is Kane Taylor, who wrote in and said, Hey man, recent Patreon subscriber here. Awesome show. Simple question. What video games from any generation have the best story? I first got into games with stories uh, when being absolutely blown away by Final Fantasy VII as a teenager, and I've been chasing the dragon ever since. I'm currently 25 hours into Final Fantasy VI. It's my first playthrough ever, and while I'm enjoying it, the story really isn't doing it for me. Blasphemy. I know. So I ask you, what game should I play next that will scratch that epic story itch? Cheers from Melbourne, Australia. God, I want to go to Australia so bad. Uh, thanks, Kane. And dude, yeah, you are going to take shit for hating on Final Fantasy VI's story, but uh, it's okay. I, I think it's, I to me, it's less about the story and more about just Kefka being the greatest villain in video game history. And I'll die on that hill. Kefka is, Kefka better than Sephiroth. I'm sorry. Sephiroth's cooler. Kefka's better villain. Uh, what games have best stories? I've talked about this a hundred times. I know I'm a homer for it. I think The Last of Us has a phenomenal story. And that game's become very polarizing in our community. I feel like 75% of people that play it love it and 25% hate it. I'm in the former. I fucking love that game. So if you've got access to PlayStation 3, 4, or 5, check out one of like the 3,000 releases of uh, The Last of Us because it's awesome. Uh, if you're talking RPGs, uh, fuck and i know people are probably yelling ideas into the phone right now i don't play a ton of rpgs anymore and i'm like ah what's got a great story because i do think like seven or not i think seven has a pretty good fucking story 
Oh man. Um, you know what? Uh, well, yeah, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to stick with that. You didn't say it have to be a Final fantasy game. If you're just looking for a good story, I'm going to stick with the last of us. I think the last of us is great storytelling. So go with that. Kane. Kane. I hope that works. Uh, shoot me a DM. If you need some more ideas and I'll see what else I could come up with. But otherwise I'm saying last of us, uh, Ryan Shimmick wrote into us and said, who do you feel was most at fault for the great lemon tree feud? Shake hard a boy. Uh, shout out to anyone that's that reference. That is 100% on Springfield. And I know you might be saying Shelbyville's the one. They're the ones that stole the lemon tree. And I don't disagree with that. But Springfield's got themselves a discipline problem, which is why they win at football just over half the time. So I blame Springfield and their discipline problem and their punk ass kids. Oh, you lousy Springfielders. Uh, stupid, <laughs> stupid. This is a very Simpsons centric segment of the show. Stupid Sexy Flanders wrote in and said, Hi, Diddly Ho, Mr. Blank. The roles in voiceover have become, oh, the roles in voiceovers have become more important in gaming than ever before. It can really bring the vibe down if it's a miss and drive it home if they nail it. Which voice actor or actress has given the best performance in a video game for you? For me, it's a toss up between Stephen Ogg as Trevor Phillips in GTA 5 or Jennifer Hale as Female Shepherd in Mass Effect. So, Oh, admittedly, I don't know their names and I should have looked them up, but I don't. Do you know the voice acting that stands out to me off the top of my head is Deathloop uh, on PS5. I And I, I, I actually reached out to both the main voice actor and voice actress for the two main characters in the game last year when I was playing it and asked if I could interview them. And they did both like my tweet, but neither one offered to come on the show. But the chemistry between the two of them was incredible. Deathloop, actually Deathloop tells a pretty good story too. Uh, going back to you, Kane. Uh, I like the story of Deathloop. But yeah, so those two are incredible. Um, whomever the actress is that provided the voice for the female protagonist in Far Cry 6. You can play as a male or female. She's excellent in that game. And uh, Kratos, of course, from God of War. And uh, I'm going to shout out Mark Hamill as the Joker in the Arkham games. That guy is fucking, I think it was Mark Hamill, fucking fire. The Joker in those games is so fucking good. So that's a couple of the ones that stick out to me. And dishonorable mention to Titus from Final Fantasy X because I fucking hate that little shit. Uh, Dusty Mondays wrote in and said, Hey Adam, just started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago and now I'm hooked. Thank you for listening. My question is, what do you think your most satisfying gaming moment is? Whether it be finally beating an impossible boss or maybe finishing a game in its entirety. Is there anything that stands out to you? For me, it was probably beating the first boss in Returnal. That thing was a motherfucker and I was literally shaking as I finally beat it. I've since beaten the game and it's definitely a crowning achievement for myself. Also, side note, just picked up Into the Breach on your recommendation and I'm officially obsessed, so thank you. Fucking rights, Dusty. Uh, yeah, that first boss on Returnal is uh, one that I would put higher on my list too. I was saying to someone just the other day, that first boss, if you can beat that first boss, you could beat Returnal. That boss will kill you more than anything else in that fucking game. Ah, oh, ah. Oh. So yes, that boss is definitely up there. Um, I've beaten everything in Cuphead and I would own that. I'm pretty proud of that because that game's pretty tough. But you know what? I actually think my proudest gaming achievement is for anyone that was watching my 24-hour charity stream last year, uh, I was like 17 or 18 hours in. I was pretty tired and I was playing Battletoads on the NES and I beat the speed bikes on the up and up. No safe scumming. No nothing. I beat the speed bikes. I was exhausted. Maybe that's why I was able, cause I haven't been able to do it since. Maybe I was just in this like fucking weird sleep deprived trance. I don't know, but that that's up there for me too. And the fact that I did it on stream where people saw it. So I had proof, uh, made me pretty proud as well. So I'll, those will be some of the ones that I'm going to go with. Uh, yeah, that fucking boss in Returnal. What a son of a... Oh, Celeste, too. I love that goddamn game. And that game's pretty goddamn tough. Uh, thanks, Dusty, for writing in. Nintendo 
said, hello, Andy Crank. I just wanted to, <laughs> I like that. Hello, Andy Crank. I just wanted to get some of your thoughts on the current collecting market. More specifically, where do you see physical games going 10, 20, 30 years from now? Do you believe the more recent games like the Wii, Wii U, 360, PS3, PS4, Switch, etc., will reach the levels of the NES, SNES, Genesis? Most people speculate physical games will go away and everything will be downloaded. Will that increase the value in your opinion since there will be a shortage of a collectible? I'm a fairly large collector and I'm not going to lie. It's an investment at the same time however i do absolutely love the hobby so to me it's all priceless since i more than likely would never sell anyways god forbid i know you've mentioned you used to be a collector and i'm really interested in your take i'd love a dedicated episode of expansion pass on collecting someday uh well thanks for writing in nintendo for the record there is actually it's old now it's from like the first year we were doing the pod but there is an old episode of remember the game about game collecting so just if you're interested that's one to go back into for the archives that's a good question and i don't think anyone knows the answer and anyone that says they do is lying will PS3, Xbox 360, Wii, Wii U games, Switch games, will physical copies of those games be as sought after, collected, and valuable as like NES and SNES cartridges are someday? And the, I don't know. I can see it going either way. Because I, listen, you said, um, where was it? Where did you say it here? Most people speculate physical games are going away and everything will be downloaded. I, I am absolutely, I'm not saying it's right or wrong because I know a lot of you out there still like physical games, but I'm, I'm a billion percent sure that that's where game is going i think in 15 20 years the only physical copies you'll be able to buy will be like limited run or special edition i just think that it's just it's just everything's going to be download and or subscription based and streaming and stuff um it's just that like there's so many copies of those games and everybody i think it's like a lot of other things like nobody kept their boxes and stuff i know some did but like most people didn't keep their boxes and stuff in the NES, SNES era because nobody imagined they'd ever be worth anything. And now people collect everything and keep it all put away just because they think someday it will be worth something. So I don't, I think that those games will be a little bit more readily available. I think there's a lot more annualized titles now than there used to be, which takes up a lot of space. I'm sure there'll be some games that'll be worth a fortune. I, my unexpert, uneducated opinion is I can never, I can't see PS3 games rivaling NES games as far as uh, their value in 10, 20, 30 years. Maybe I'll be wrong. But I don't think, I don't think they will. I think, you know, with especially with stuff like the PS Plus now and Game Pass and people can own these games digitally and the constant re-releases and everything. Uh, but that said, I mean, some PS2 games are worth a fortune. I tried to buy a copy of Silent Hill 3 to play for the podcast and it was like 150 bucks. So if PS2 games are worth a bunch, then maybe PS3, maybe, I guess maybe they could be worth something someday. I think... I could see Wii U games being worth something someday because everybody hated the Wii U. I didn't, but a lot of people did. I just, my, yeah, if you want my opinion, I, I, I think there'll be some value, but I don't, I don't think they'll be as sought after as NES, SNES, Genesis, like those, that's my, I don't think they'll be as collectible as those were. That's my opinion. We'll check with me again in 15 years and we'll see what the correct answer is. Uh, thanks for writing in Nintendo. Danny Yates wrote in and said, Hey Adam, I was just wondering what your favorite, what some of your favorite Dean Koontz books were. Any recommendations? I read his novel Life Expectancy a few years ago, which got me hooked on his work. Do you think you'd ever do a podcast episode on your favorite Stephen King versus Dean Koontz books? Cheers. Uh, so yeah, I do like to read a lot. I've talked about this a bit. I won't spend too much time on this because I know not everybody's here is listening for, um, not everybody that's listening to this is listening for book talk. Um, I haven't, I, Stephen King books are hit and miss to me. I don't know if I could do that because 
either like I, there's some Stephen like the stand is my favorite book ever now there are some Stephen King books that I love and there's some that I try and I'm like I can't get into this whereas I haven't had that with Dean Koontz if I had to recommend Dean Koontz books to anybody that's asking I would recommend starting there's a Jane Hawk series there's like five or six of them now uh it started with the silent corner they're excellent excellent books I just yeah just look them up Jane Hawk those, those are my recommendations I love those books uh, thanks for writing in, Danny. Chronolingua wrote in and said, so it sounds like Seth Rogen is helming a new Ninja Turtles movie. My knee-jerk reaction? Fuck no. That dude is not to be trusted with a Ninja Turtles movie. Any opinion? Uh, yeah, I, I'm i willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, because, but I also liked the, the Michael Bay movies more than most people did. So, like, whatever it takes for me to get a new Ninja Turtles movie, I'm, I'm, I'll bet money it won't be as bad as Turtles 3. That's my... Re so, I, and I like Seth Rogen. So I'm I'm... I'm not going to sit here and say that it's going to be the best Turtles movie ever, but I am cautiously optimistic. I'm definitely going to go see it. It's fucking Ninja Turtles. By the way, on that note, if you haven't checked it out yet, the new Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is available on Netflix now. Um, I hated the Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series when I tried to watch it because it was so different. Go into that movie just expecting like a bizarro world Ninja Turtles. It's not that bad a movie. I actually quite enjoyed it. So I recommend checking it out. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give Rogan the benefit of the doubt. I know he's a Turtles fan. I think that movie's going to be okay. That's my... I don't want to say it's my prediction or my hope, but I'm going to hope slash predict that it's going to be okay. And uh, finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. Rush's dog walker wrote in and said, Hola, let's say we're smack in the middle of the console wars of the 90s. If you were working at Sega, what would you have done differently to beat out Nintendo. Dude, I have wanted to dedicate an entire episode of Expansion Pass to this forever, and you, this just relit that fire. We are going to do an entire episode of Expansion Pass about Sega, and I don't want to call it what Sega did wrong. I just want to say, if you could go back in time, what would you change? Because listen, not only... Like, I'm a Nintendo fanboy, but Sega was taking it to Nintendo. There was a point where Sega was winning. The Super Nintendo had to step its fucking game up to come back and beat Sega. Sega was doing great. So, I mean, obviously the power of hindsight, I would not have released this fucking Sega CD in the 32X. Um, and this might shock some Saturnians. I would, I would have just, if I could go back in time, I would have just skipped the CD, skipped the 32X, put more time and effort into the Sega Saturn and not shit the bed on the launch of that as badly as they did. And then I think the Sega Saturn would have been fine. I think the Saturn would have competed with the 64 and the PS1. And then when the Dreamcast came along, people wouldn't have given up on it right away because they'd been burned by this 32X and the CD and the Sega Saturn because I think that hurt the Dreamcast a lot. And I would have found a way to put a fucking DVD player in that Sega Dreamcast. And I would have made it harder to pirate games. But like, again, we all have the power of hindsight. I, I just, to me, from the outside looking at as someone that didn't grow up with Sega, where they really fucked up was the CD and the 32X. Because then by the Saturn, which from what I understand from you fucking Sega Saturnians, the Saturn was a fine system, but a lot of people had already been burned by Sega a couple times by buying the CD and buying the 32X and not really getting a lot of support. And then if they bought the Saturn and then that kind of fell apart, they were like, I'm fucking done. The Dreamcast, I'll die on this hill. The Dreamcast and the PlayStation Vita are the two most underrated consoles in the history of video games. The GameCube is up there, but the GameCube was at least as success i love the vita and i thought the dreamcast was so ahead of its time and it just got it there was no room for four consoles but if they had put a dvd player in that thing and it had to be so easy to pirate games and they had to piss so many of their fan base off i think the dreamcast would have been fine and so that's what i would have that's quick quick answer i would have dropped the cd in 32x and focused on the saturn 
there you go. Thank you. And we'll do an episode about that on Expansion Pass someday because I think that'd make a great conversation. Thank you very much for all the submissions, everybody. I appreciate it. Let's switch things up and let's get into our official game show, the, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our listeners three retro video games. games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. And the third is a race from time forever. And as always, there's no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll tell you what that is in a minute. This week, to go along with the concept of Splinter Cell, I went with three games from the original Xbox era that just feature badasses sneaking around committing badassery. We have Thief, Deadly Shadows, Hitman, two and max pain and i like ones i like it when i come up with three games and the vote is very close and split unfortunately this week was not 50 percent of you said play hitman 2 remake max pain and erase thief there's six possible combinations and half of you voted for that one so this was this one wasn't close at all uh, let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. William Shaw said, I have not played any of these games, but I have seen some janky-ass Hitman gameplay footage, and I have zero faith in that series because of it. Thief was cool when it came out, so I'd play it as it is, and Max Payne was ultra cool back in the day, so remake it so I can experience it legit for the first time. That Neo bullet time madness still eludes me. Dude, Max Payne was fucking legit back in the day we're gonna do a remember the game about max Payne someday and you're gonna find out that i'm a secret like long time huge max Payne fan i fucking love that goddamn game uh joey jojo jo, <laughs> uh joey jojo jr shabadoo that, that is the worst name i ever heard i cannot do it and then joey like <laughs> why is joey jojo uh, Simpsons fans, love ya. Joey Jojo wrote in and said, I would grudgingly play Hitman 2. That would leave me with a remake of Thief, which I've wanted to play for some time, but it's fairly outdated and current generation could do a lot for it. And I would erase Max Payne from existence. The gameplay gets repetitive real fast and the slow motion gimmick the game is centered around was entertaining once in The Matrix. Max might as well join his family. Oh, if you don't know, his family's dead. That's fucking, man. That's a lifetime of people saying your name sucks, Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. Holy fuck. Max can join his family. Oof. Jo <laughs> wow. Joshua Edgington said, Play Hitman 2. The game is a classic in itself in the good way is good the way it is. Remake Max Payne because with modernized graphics and new consoles, this would look amazing. And erase Thief because I'm not that good at stealth games and it sucks ass, in my opinion. Well, yeah, you gotta erase the one that sucks ass. <laughs> I, I suck at stealth games too, so I fucking get it, Joshua. Although I think Hitman is, I guess Hitman is stealthish, not as much as other ones. Uh, Matt said, I would delete Thief because I don't remember anything about this game besides probably seeing it in a magazine. I'll remake Hitman 2 because it was a pretty fun game. I was terrible at it, but seeing the world revamp would be awesome. And I would play Max Payne. I think that game is perfect as it is. I think if it was touched, they'd get rid of all the small details that made that world feel real, like turning on a faucet, getting sodas from a vending machine, turning on the vibrating bed in a seedy motel in front of a hidden camera. Sure, they were all pointless and unnecessary, but it's what gave the, made the world and gave it its charm. I fucking agree, man. I fucking love goddamn Max Payne. That's good stuff. Uh, so I'm on board with that. I can, I'm not going to play Max Payne myself. I'm going to do something else with it, but I'm, I'm all right with that logic, man. I love the detail you went into about Max Payne. What a CD game. And finally, Joe Wall Street said, play Hitman 2, remake Max Payne and erase Thief because I hate thieves. I love your comment because your name is Wall Street, but you hate thieves. That fucking, whoa. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but mwah, chef's kiss. Well done, Joe. 
Uh, I'm going to go against the grain here. 17% of you voted the same way that I did in this poll, including Tim Tiani, who said this one was surprisingly easy since I've only ever played one of these. I'll play Thief because I've heard it's pretty. I've heard pretty much only good things about it. I'll remake Max Payne because I played the hell out of it and its sequel, and I'm sure there are some warts on it that those rose-colored nostalgia glasses can't hide. And then I'll erase Hitman. These games never struck me as something I need to play, but if I'm going to play one, it'd be the most recent one that was highly praised. I actually agree with almost your logic as well as your order tim uh i'm gonna play thief because i never have and i've heard good things about it as well i'm gonna remake max Payne because i fucking love max Payne. he should be an annualized like forget assassin's creed we should be getting annualized max Payne games god damn it and then i'm gonna erase hitman 2 i do talk a little bit about hitman on the podcast today when we get into splinter cell i think the series is insanely well done i have played a little bit of them and i don't hate them i've just been there and done it i don't have the patience to get good and if i am gonna play one i'll just play hitman 3 so I, I agree with your logic and your order, Tim. Thank you to everybody that wrote into play this week. As always, uh, what have I been up to over the last seven days? And we'll get into Splinter Cell. I've been playing WW2K22 um, just casually, but like, it's really fun. I'm, I'll, I'll drop my full review tomorrow. It's not perfect. Some things about it. I've rage quit it a few times, but I'll get into it tomorrow. Uh, I've been playing Infernax, which is a retro style uh, indie game on Game Pass that a bunch of you have been on me to play. It's fucking awesome. Probably going to review that one. I've been playing the new Mario Kart 8 tracks because they're rad. I know some people are hating. I don't get it. I love the new Mario Kart 8 tracks. I wish... Oh, fuck. I love Mario Kart 8 so much. Um, and then I'm plugging away at a couple of different games for the podcast, but you can't know what they are right now. So tough cheese. Let's talk Splinter Cell. That's why you're here. I like to give our listeners a chance to sound off on the game we're talking about before my guests and I hug the microphone. I'll rip through a few quick comments here from our Patreons. Ryan Shimmick said, I think Splinter Cell was one of the very first stealth games I ever played, and Sam Fisher is a badass. That said, I also remember getting extremely frustrated with some of the controls, like trying to pick up a body and getting caught because the shit wouldn't do what I wanted. Oh, we're going to fucking get into that, Ryan. Trust me. I got. We are on the same page, my friend. You just wait for this podcast. Delicious morsels wrote in and said where do i start the first time i played splinter cell on the ps2 it blew my mind the game the way the game used light and shadow was revolutionary at the time and sam fisher instantly became one of my favorite video game protagonists with his gruff voice and dark but silly sense of humor it flipped the script on the cell genre that was popularized by metal gear solid by ditching the janky camera angles and convoluted plots and plopping you down into a story that felt like it could easily take place at that time going back to the game in 2022 i'm surely it surely shows its age but i'll always have a special place in my heart reserved for it because i met one of my best friends through a mutual interest in the series it laid the groundwork for chaos theory to release later and what they would become i believe to be one of the greatest video games of all time so we talk about chaos theory a little bit as well and i actually agree with a lot of what you said i think the lights and shadows are incredible i do feel like it's definitely shows its age a little bit but well said delicious morsels i respect the pattern or the pat the passion part of me timmy the exuberant turtle said you know how when you buy a next gen system and you're looking for that new game that really shows off what the hardware could do splinter cell was one such game for the original xbox back then dramatic lighting was fancy and pretty uncommon but the lighting wasn't just pretty it also had a significant impact on the gameplay this game provided a nice counterpoint to metal gear solid it offered great gameplay with significantly more grounded story sam fisher needs to make a return and it's impossible to talk about this game without talking Metal Gear, and we get into that as well. Bradley's a huge Metal Gear fan. I'm not. I think that these. I think Splinter Cell does a lot of stuff better than Metal Gear, but we'll we'll get into all that. I I agree. Like you can't. They're they're attached to the hip forever, whether they want to be or not. Fortunately, you know Sam Fisher and Solid Snake are both really stealth, so they could probably sneak into a place well attached at the hip. It would work. 
And finally, Graham I, or one, I think it's I, wrote in and said, such a great game, ahead of its time, although I suspect it hasn't aged well when compared to its sequel. sequels. One of the biggest things that drove me crazy about this game was when it would save the game at a specific point and then an alarm would go off or something further back in the level. If you got caught in this lock, you'd basically be forced to start the level over. Oh, and fuck that CIA mission. Dude, exa that's exactly what happened to me. And you're about to hear us get into it. That was when I fucking was like, I suck at this game because I got soft locked into where I had some body just laying around and I kept getting fucking caught with it. And you're going to hear about that right now. It's time to talk about it. Let's talk about Splitter Cell with my buddy Bradley McHugh. I'm going to queue up some music. It's very chill music, but it's music. And when it stops, Bradley and I are going to talk the original Splinter Cell, which released in North America back on November 17th, 2002. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone. Like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001, and a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac, and every 15 minutes on the clock, they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account, and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If if you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a CrashPlan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. All right, so joining me via the blank phone this week is a good friend of mine. You all know him very well, and we have to address a controversy before we get into anything. Uh, but I will say it's my buddy Bradley McHugh. So, Bradley, how are you? Let's start this off gently. How How is life? How are you doing? I am doing great. It's the summer, and I'm outside a lot, and which is nice because that's why I like having the Switch because I can like go outside but still play video games. Yes. A total, except Perfect. that, except that I will say I find the glare off the switch screen sometimes to be a little much. Like I can't. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah, actually, yeah. I do agree with that. Like, it's not as bad as the 3ds. I don't know if you ever tried to use the 3ds yeah. in public. But at least with the 3ds, like you could lift up the top one and use it as like a shade. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Whereas like the Switch, like I'll try to play Mario Kart outside and I'm like, because same thing, I want a game, but I also feel obligated to be outside and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah. Um, okay. So we need to address a con. So listen, everybody, as you probably know, we're talking Splinter Cell, uh, which we're going to get into in a minute. But um, Bradley and his brother Mark co-hosted, uh, co-guest hosted an episode of Remember the Game number 206, which if you've not heard yet, was The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. And first of all, let me say, Bradley, on behalf of the community, great job. Nothing but great feedback on that episode. So thank you oh, very much. Oh, thank you. That, yeah. that, I, I appreciate that. I, I love Majora's Mask, so I was really happy to do that. Yeah, it went over. Uh, the only bad feedback I got was people shitting on me for taking the coward's way out. And for all, just quickly too, this is the last time I'm going to address this. For those of you that are like, well, you should have at least tried it first. I have tried that game like five times. I've done the 3DS version. I've done the 64 version i've done the virtual console version no so stop saying i never tried i tried your game sucks and we're moving on i'm not going to get into any more fights about majora's mask but what i have to address bradley <laughs> and for new listeners to the show you may not know bradley and his brother mark are both frequent guests of mine and bradley's brother mark was banned from the remember the game hall of fame years ago for making me talk mario is missing because i despise that game and i never okay. yeah. and i never had intentions of banning you from the hall of fame i thought well we need a McHugh in the hall of fame but then absolutely the, i agree but but now it's your dad your dad is in the remember the game hall of fame for his soccer song story because during the majora's mask episode you went to bat and defended mario is missing and that infuriated me and i've had several people tell me that i have no spine if i don't take a stand and ban you as well so i just want you to know I, it's nothing personal. With Mark, it's personal. With you, it's nothing personal. But your love of Mario is missing has turned into your ban from the Remember the Game Hall of Fame forever. I just want whoa, you to know whoa, that. Well, hold, hold, hold up, hold up for a second. Done. Well, but, but before before you ban me from the Remember of game, the Game Hall of Fame, go and listen to that Mario's Missing soundtrack, and then tell me no, you didn't wiggle dude, your you finger. Can't, you cannot put a game if you were if we're putting games into the Hall of Fame on their soundtracks. Sonic Adventure Two is in the Remember the Game Hall of Fame, and I oh, can't. Fuck, that's a good won't point, actually. And shan't let that happen. So all right, you know, all right, yeah, you know what, you, you know what, you've made fair points here yes. today, and I, I accept my ban. You're done. But but the next time you talk to your dad, please let him know on behalf of all of us uh, that his induction ceremony will be in november he's officially going into the remember the game hall of fame okay excellent right. and, and eventually eventually i'll find my way back in right oh yeah absolutely you can buy a ticket and fucking go for a walk through anytime you want you, you no, fucking... no no i mean i'll be in i'll be in again <laughs> yeah we'll see about that sir maybe when you and mark buy the podcast from me then you can do whatever the fuck you want okay now that we've killed four minutes of this podcast oh boy okay we're talking tom clancy's splinter cell everybody and I I gotta. I need to collect my thoughts here. Um, sure, Bra Bradley. What do you think? I'll shut up for a minute. Where do you stand on on Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell? I'm I'm pretty torn on it. I've spent the last few days with it, and I I, I get what they're doing. I like I I really do. I get what they're doing, and I I'm not sure I like it very much. Um, but because here's my here's my issue. Uh, if you remember the game listener, you probably know I'm a pretty big Metal Gear Solid fan, and I'm gonna try not to do the uh, the comparison too much, but it's really hard because this and Metal Gear Solid Two they kind of go hand in hand, but Metal Gear Solid Two just like oh, it's just so much better than this now. And mm, <laughs> fuck, see that you just painted me into a corner because I don't. I fucking hate Metal Gear Solid 2. 
and if you don't know, actually, Bradley was my guest a couple years ago. You can hear the episode in the archives about Metal Gear Solid. I hate that fucking game. And it's not the game's fault. It's that fucking little piece of shit Raiden, or whatever the fuck his name is. I hate that little... I, I, lo- I love Raiden, dude. I think Raiden's the best. I think his mom should have swallowed him. I fucking hate that guy so much. So oh, much. What the fuck? <laughs> and, um... um... No, no, I stand by. I fucking hate that guy. But... It's a good game, and I don't think there's anything wrong with comparing Splitter Cell to Metal Gear Solid. I think that's no different than when you talk Silent Hill, Resident Evil is going to come up. When you bring up, of course, when you bring up uh, Mario sixty four, Banjo Kazooie is there, Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank. Like when there's similar games that came out approximately similar times, there's no reason not to compare them to each other. So I don't have a problem well, and, with that. Well, and Ubisoft has even said publicly that Splinter Cell. Uh, like them making Splinter Cell at all was a uh, a reaction to Konami's success with Metal Gear Solid. Um, so like obviously they're like, yeah, we took inspiration from this game and we just did a few things differently. And the stuff they did differently, it just feels like perhaps the people behind Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell didn't really understand what it is we really liked about Metal Gear Solid. Now, listen, before you start sending angry emails, because I know people are going to let it, I know I'm going to catch shit for that comment. I know it. There's The comment I just made? Yes. Let me just say, I think, and, and this is my, I don't particularly like stealth games as a whole. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, I prefer the gameplay of Splinter Cell to the gameplay of Metal Gear Solid. Because if we're being honest and putting all our cards on the table, I don't love the gameplay of either. I just, I don't have the patience for stealth games. I start to get irritated and I start to rush. And when you start to rush in a stealth game, you get caught and then you have to start over and then the vicious cycle continues. But I will say, I can I can see there being markets for both angles of this. Because I think, I think Metal Gear Solid does the action and some of the funkier stories and the and stuff like that better. I think I do think like <laughs> I respect very much what Splinter Cell is doing. When I was playing through the tutorial level of that that starts the game off, I was like, this is fucking deep. Like you need to worry about how much sound you make when you move and all and there's these like other chains things. hanging from the roofs yeah. and shit. I was yeah. very impressed. And the problem with to me was with the, the problem to me with Metal Gear Solid 2 is I hate the story. The problem with me in Splinter Cell was that I just it was it was in my opinion too stealthy and there's nothing i get that it's a stealth literally stealth action redefined is in the title so i understand that that is literally what the game is supposed to be and that's where i'm torn and you and i were talking about this off air that's where i'm torn with this review because like i don't think it's doing anything wrong i just don't particularly like these types of games and it is fucking like this game is nothing but stealth like, I, I that that is that is completely true, and that's why I don't like it. Is that like in Metal Gear Solid, if you get caught by a guard, you can go and hide in a locker, you can go hide in a box, you know, like there, there you have options. But like the second that someone even catches a glimpse of you from the side of their eye in Splinter Cell, like fucking the game freezes at an absolute halt for five seconds your fucking commander comes on and it's like sam you got caught we gotta try that again yeah and then another five seconds of loading goes by and then you can try it again and like the thing is is it's just again like if you're hardcore into the stealth genre like first of all if you're hardcore into stealth games and you have not played this i i implore you to play it 
because like th this is absolutely like I've got to be a revolutionary title for 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 stealth gameplay. But you're right. At least with like Metal Gear, when you get caught, this is where I lose my patience. If I'm playing a stealth game and I get caught, give me the option to fight my way out at least. You know what totally. I mean? And, like, that's, and that's where I think Metal Gear Solid uh, ha like has such a huge advantage over Splinter Cell because they're like, we know that there's these two different types of gameplay styles that you're going to have to switch back and forth from. Yeah. And Splinter Cell, Splinter Cell has that too because there are action segments to this game. But I hate the action sequences in this game so much and i don't want to say yeah like i should clarify it's not that you can't fight your way out of this game because you can if you get if one person sees you like you in can, some levels in some yeah, levels there are instances where you can fight your way out but like if they get to an alarm or they start bringing in a bunch of guys or fucking whatever then yeah then it then it falls apart and i just like i just didn't i just don't have the patience for these types of i just start to get so mad it's so slow and again i i think i Boy, I'm I'm really I've been dreading this episode because I'm like I don't I don't this game's not bad enough for me to rip it apart. I just No, I agree. It's like it's like like I don't particularly like lobster. It's not that it's a bad food and I will eat it, but I just don't think it's that good. I would rather have steak. Like I'm like I don't, you know, and so it's like to me this game is almost like lobster. I'm like it's I see the polish. And there are things about this game I really like. Um, I just, it's just not my, my, my flavor. Um, here's, here's, here's my issue with this game is that because there's such a heavy focus on stealth, which honestly isn't that big of a deal is that like when you're, when you're actually playing the game and you're succeeding at what you're doing, the game runs like butter. It's like, it's so fun. And you're like, you're, yes. you're, you're being stealthy and I'm, and I have a really good time with it. The second you get stuck at a part, though, the game comes to like this screeching halt. Yeah, and it's so and it's so obnoxious because then you're at the same place forever. Yeah, and for the love of fuck, Ubisoft, you, a quick save option would have been nice. Oh, dude, I got soft locked on the level where I can't remember what level it is, but you start out in the rain outside and you have to climb through like an air vent and go through like a like oh, a utility yeah, yeah. shaft and then you end up in like the basement of this like government agencies like you know these yeah. funky looking buildings and it's or these like hallways and shit and i got like semi soft locked in there because i got to the next part of the level but i had already been seen once or twice or however many times you could be seen i had one left and so yeah so the the um <laughs> i i always called him the chief like inspector gadget like that was just always <laughs> my thought was the guy that yells at you over the headset is the chief but he yeah. was like, if you get caught one more time, it's over. And then like, I was like, well, now I'm fucked because I'm like, every time I come in here, I'm, I'm getting caught one more time. And there was nowhere for me to reload other than to like, I was just, and I died so many times in that hallway trying to get to this part. And I just, it is just, it is a fucking unforgiving video game. And it, and I get mad. I, this game is not for people that don't have patience. If you're not totally. a patient gamer and I am not, do not play this game. Cause there's like a part rage. There's a part in like the second mission that just like frustrated me to no end because I because the game doesn't give direction, which Metal Gear Solid does, but this game doesn't give a direction. It's like it's like all right, go find such and such a thing, and you're like where, and they're like figure it out. Yeah, it's like okay, that's fine. A little direction would be nice, but there's like one part where you're supposed to find like this guy's corpse in the morgue, 
but like the door is kind of tucked in a hidden corner of the police prince precinct. So I went and I cleared every guard in the entire pre precinct. I got every piece of data and I was like, where the fuck am I supposed to go? I have no idea what to do here. And on the bottom, it's like, locate Agent Blowstein. And I'm like, who is that? And where is he? Yeah, it's very, um, it does not hold your hand at all. And like, no. and I want to go back to something you said, because you brought up something that I, I wholeheartedly agreed with. Like, and maybe this is, people are going to make fun. Like, anytime I say something that anyone deems stupid, everybody makes fun of me. Someone is going to make fun of me for this. But when the game is going well, like when you're doing well, this game is a lot of fun. You Tons feel fun. you feel like a motherfucking boss, like creeping in around and doing stuff. But it's just and I and to an extent, to an extent, it's to a very limited extent. I'm gonna disagree because I do like the lack of handholding and the way you gotta solve it yourself and figure out where am I like how do I tackle this? Like it, it does seem overwhelming sometimes, and then after a while you start to put it together and figure it out. I to a to a limited extent, I like that kind of stuff. I'm big into like escape rooms and things, and I hate asking totally. for help. I love to do it myself. But it when you add in the stealth and you add in the complexity of the stealth and you add in the repetition because you get caught over and over and over again, that's when I start to lose my goddamn mind. And then I just, it's it just, it does everything almost, I don't want to say too well. It goes, it goes too far. Maybe that's it. It's for my totally. taste. It goes too far. It like, and listen to everybody. I'm not just going to shit on this game for the next half an hour. Like I have some things about this game. I want to like blow this game hard for Cause there's some aspects of it. I love, but my God, is this game just an exercise in frustration? If you're not patient. Oh, there's, um, there's, um, the, the, uh, this game has like that Sonic adventure two thing. Um, where like, I don't really like the game very much, but the first level is fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and that's that level where you have to, like, be rescuing people from the burning building. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was in that scene, and I was, like, in the burning building, and then I went out into the streets and found the gang or whatever. I played this all yesterday. It's a little fuzzy, though, because <laughs> it's not very memorable, in my opinion. But anyway, uh, and that level is super awesome. It's super great. And then the next level, it sucks so bad. And it, and it, it just it goes so high in difficulty level. And that's the level where you can't get caught once. And you have to, like... Is that the go one on the ship or whatever? Uh, no, I think that's the next one. Again, I played this yesterday, and I'm having <laughs> a hard time remembering Because I... I... No. Because I I want to agree with, like first of all let me say like I think the tutorial level to this game like where you go through the obstacle course and shit is Fun. outstanding and I played really good. through that and I was like and that's where okay so like because we'll get into a couple of the levels but I want to just for anyone that loves this game I want to throw you a bone and I want to talk about some of the stuff I like that that tutorial level is like because it's not it's not just leaning against walls peeking around the corners it's stuff yeah. like hey you have to walk through this room or you're walking on glass and grates and you've got to be really quiet and walk quietly and not fall too far you've got to do that fucking spider-man thing where you like split your legs and like hike up walls um yeah I, shit like that i love the way that you can open a door just to crack and peek through and then close it again and not be caught I like the way that you can put your night vision goggles down. I love the night vision goggles. I like the way that, you can go is... into the dark. Like, 
so much that of is that an is... excellent addition to this game actually i will agree the night vision goggles oh. and the heat the heat vision goggles yes. that you get later so much of the like all the mechanics are great and then you play that first level and you're like yeah this is like but obviously that first level is designed to like help you master the mechanics and it gives you a lot of gives you some breathing room and i agree with you and then all of a sudden it just is like all right like we're going from zero to 60 and then you just start there's that part where you're outside in the alley and the two guys are talking under the light yeah and oh, yeah. Like, that's where things started to go wrong for me and i don't i don't expect this game to be like the great the greatest shooter of all time and maybe i'm just not good but i was streaming it and all the people that were watching me streaming too were like what the fuck i was like for the life of me i cannot make a shot this game and I'm like, these, okay, these so, enemies are in the bullseye. Why am I not hitting anybody? I am. I'm thrilled you brought this up because I was getting so pissed off yesterday, um, specifically in mission two. Um, I was getting so pissed off. So I started running tests because I was getting so annoyed. And yes, there is some sort of randomizer in the way you shoot the gun and the way it's programmed that, yes, you can be aiming right at somebody's face and hit them 50% of the time. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, so then, like, but now I will say, to, to go back on that, to counter it, uh, I love the way that you can shoot out a light and then sneak yeah, by in like the that, dark. Yeah. So I was like, and like, and the light shots always hit. So I was I, like, I found they hit usually more more often than people shots. Yeah, but I so did I was have like, a couple. I'm doing misses. something right. Why isn't this work? I was getting so bad in that alley because I was like, <laughs> how much accurately do I have to make this shot? And people on my stream who are ruthless and will do nothing but make fun of me when I suck at a game were like, it does kind of. And, and listen, for those of you listening, if if Splinter Cell has some mechanic that we've missed that explains why these shots aren't working. Don't even worry about telling me because I'm honestly just never going to play the game again. Like, I've played it. It's fine. I'm done. But, like, maybe there's a reason. But I, if there is a reason, I don't know what the fuck the reason is. Like, I was I'm... like, I have one eye and no depth perception, and I've never shot a gun in my life. And I might be a better shot than Sam Fisher. And but his I, job I, is shooting. I, I, I promise you it's not your eye. The, the shooting in this game is fucked. Okay, it's broken. Good. Oh, my God. But then, like, I also feel like it's trying to push you toward not shooting. It's trying to push you toward taking out lights and throwing bottles to make a distraction and sneaking around. And and, and I get all that. But, again, it's just maybe I'm just and, – and maybe you're the same way. Maybe neither of us is just very good at this. But, like, it, it's, it, it's I think really it's just like a patience hard. thing. Maybe that's what it is. Is it's a patience thing? I, don't I just I just don't have the patience for this level of stealth. And like I'm gonna I'm gonna be real here, and I'm sure people in the comments are gonna call me a pussy or whatnot. But uh, I think this game's too hard. I do, I do too. I, I genuinely I genuinely think this game is just too hard. And I and I like really difficult games. Like people that then before you all are like, why don't you play Souls? No, Souls can suck my ass. But like stuff like Cuphead and Mario Lost Levels, particularly platformers and things. And like and that's mm -hmm. why I'm wondering if like if you're really into stealth games, maybe this is your Mario Lost Levels or your Cuphead. Like maybe this is the Souls of stealth. I don't know because like totally. I have you ever played any of the Hitman games? Uh, I have, uh, like, a really long time ago, I played the one of the ones on the GameCube. Okay. Like, I've played some Hitman, and I love those games, but I don't find the stealth nearly as as precise and difficult and unforgiving. That's the word I was looking for, uh, as this game is. As, 
And and again, it, I do think it gives you the tools. I think that the, the all the different equipment you get is awesome. Dude, shit like you can fucking you've got that microphone thing where you can listen to people. It, like you feel yeah. like James Bond. Like it's really dope. There's that one part in the early one of the early levels. It might even be the first level, I don't remember. But you go through like a back door and then you're walking through like a prison cells. Like oh, a yeah, hallway yeah. And, and like you're going from dark spot to dark spot to dark spot. And I was like, I was having so much fun there. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. But then yeah, once that difficulty ratchets up, that ship level, I once I got onto the ship, I was fine. But trying to get through those pipes to figure out how the fuck to get onto the ship, I had no fucking idea. And the thing is, is I, this game doesn't uh, and I understand why, because it's shooting for realism. But you know how, like, in some games, when you can interact with something, it just looks a little bit different, so you know? Yeah. This game does not do that. No, like, everything everything looks like it, it, like, blends into the background. Yes. And so, like, I kept finally... I hate looking up walkthroughs. But finally, I was like, what in the fuck am I missing? How do I get into this ship? And then they were like, well, there's pipes above you. And you just jump up and grab the pipes and then scurry along them. And I was like... And I saw them and I was like, oh, but the pipes look like every other thing. And I thought they were just <laughs> the background. And again, I get that for the immersion and stuff. That's great. But... I'm used to like Uncharted where everything I can climb just happens to be painted yellow. Yeah. And it's got like a little glitter coming off. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. You put that <laughs> yeah, little yeah, shine yeah. on it. Like I'm, I'm programmed that way. So yeah. Hell yeah. I don't um, know. Uh, like I want to try more games in this franchise to see just what, what um, mechanics have been improved. But uh, yeah. yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's a tough game for me to review. Cause like, I do. Did you like the story? At least, like, I never finished the game, so I don't know how I, the dude, story ends. I'm gonna be so honest with you. I have no fucking clue what was going on in the story. I was trying to figure it out. It, it, it seemed like generic, generic, like spy stuff. I didn't really care. And then, like, I think it was like at the end of the fourth mission or something. One of the characters dies, and it's supposed to be. It feels like it's supposed to be like a big emotional moment. And I was like. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. So I don't know who you are. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on with the story either. And some of you are going to make fun of me for this. And that's okay. Wh Why did they, when they sent you to Georgia, I thought it was Georgia, like Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> and I was like, why am I, why are all of these like Russian spies or whoever they are in Atlanta? <laughs> and then I finally, like, I finally looked up the Wikipedia page and I was like, oh, there's like a Georgia over in Europe somewhere. Oh, like, did you, you, it's fine. You can make fun of me. Did you know that? Like, make fun. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, I, I knew. I okay. knew it. <laughs> but like, why did you pick a fucking place that's named after a place in America? Like, I was <laughs> like, I don't, like, why couldn't you have made it like. Fuck, I don't um, even know any Russian, like, Berlin or something. Like, somewhere where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not in America now. I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. You know what else? You know what else I find kind of bizarre about this game? Is that I found collecting intel to be kind of just, like, random. I'd be like, I'd show up to a door that needs a keypad, and I'd be like, shit, this door needs a keypad. Then I'd go into my notes and be like, oh... Apparently, at one point, I got it. Yeah, see that? Neat. Like, And now that's the thing, because everyone's going to make fun of me for the Georgia thing. But I will say, that actually, I actually liked that, because like, I did read every data thing when I picked it up, because I assume that this story would make more sense if I did. 
And to yeah. some extent, it, that Georgia thing fucking just ruined me. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> but I did like that because, like, and again, that gets back to, like, there is, there is like, fucking not only does this game not hold your hand, it'll cut your hand off. Like, it expects yeah. you, like, if you need a code to get through something, you better flip through your... And the thing, like, what makes it a little bit tricky is that all those data points or whatever they're called, those data things you find, some of them the are just background... Sticks. Yeah, some of them are just, you know more more meat on the story bone if you want it some of them are like oh the code to get into the search lab is 4892 so like it's expecting you to read them and it's like if you don't yeah you're fu like if i had tried to play this when i was 10 or something i would have been so fucked like so i was fucked when i was 38 i would have been so dead when i was 10 years old <laughs> but i don't know another another thing and this is like i swear to god i, I do have nice things to say about this game that i do want to get into but there is like one more super minor pick that I have about this game, and it's very minor. I don't like that at the beginning of every mission, you just have all the shit you could possibly need. I like in Metal Gear Solid that you go and you get your items and you pick them up and then you have them because you've earned them. I don't like know. At one, point, yeah. at one point in Splinter Cell, they're just like, you have heat vision now. And I'm like, all right. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I understand that because I love like Metroidvanias where you constantly pick up new abilities. So totally. like I get that. But I also understand that like this guy is like a secret department of like the secret organization and they, they can't let anyone know about him. So it's like it's like we need to be prepared for everything. Like I can see both sides. It would be totally. kind of well, and that's And that's why it's so minor, right? right. Like I could see I, it'd be cool if you found that stuff like the heat goggles. But I also think it's, you know, pretty smart that they're like, hey, you're going in all by yourself and you're probably fucked. So we'll help you as much as we can. Here's some shit. Yeah, exactly. And I do think so. I want to shift over to some of the good stuff. Um, totally. Because I don't like and I like to do this. Get the bad stuff out of the way and then wrap it up with the good. And then and like and like, listen, for you Splinter Cell fans that are like, you know, crying in your soup right now. And you're like, oh, he hates my game. Like, no, no, this is not Sonic Adventure 2. This is not Mario is missing. This is not Echo. I don't hate this game. I just don't think it's for me. Uh, yeah. I, th I think the first thing I want to say, I played the Xbox, because what did this game come out on? It came out on PS2, GameCube, Xbox, G G and, Jesus Christ. Engage? This game came out on the Engage? Are you kidding me? No way. Well, it it couldn't be like the full game, right? I have no. I didn't even know that Engage had fucking games. I thought they made it four <laughs> games and never released one. Um. So I played the Xbox version on my Series X. What did you play it on? I, I did the same thing. I played the Xbox version on my Xbox One. Okay. And I want to say, like, the, the first thing that jumped out at me was uh, for a 20-year-old game, <laughs> this is a fucking good-looking video game. It, it wasn't bad. At first, I was, like, kind of, like, put off by it. But then, like, the more I played it, I'm like, oh, oh, no, this does look pretty tight, yeah. actually. Like, again... Well, I found it semi-frustrating that I couldn't tell what parts of the environment I could interact with. I was pretty impressed that, like, this is still back from the era where, like you said, they would make items you could interact with, like, glimmer. Or they would yeah. clearly stand out. And, like, this game is, is fucking smooth. Like, it looks really nice. And I will say, like, some of the scenes that stick out to me is, like, going through that hallway with the prison cells... Uh, being in the burning building, being on that yep. ship, being in that basement that I got fucking stuck in forever. Like <laughs> it, I was I, like, you could easily convince me this was at least an Xbox 360 game. Like I was totally. really impressed with how good it looked. Even right, even right out of the gate when you're in that um, tutorial level. Like I was, 
just want to say, like, I'm not a graphics guy. I don't care what a game looks like, but if good, you know, good graphics still impress me. And so I was I, impressed by that. I, I played this um, on, like, as we said, the Xbox One and the Xbox Classic or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like the Xbox, like the regular version. Yeah, me too. You can, yeah, I just bought like the original. Combat. Yeah. But, um, I found out later that the DLC is included with the Xbox version on Xbox One. Oh, okay. And so I got a little bit confused. So here's what happened to me was that I played the training level all the way through. And then I was like, I had to go somewhere. So I turned my Xbox off and it didn't save. So oh. I was like, fuck. Oh, so I had that. So I had to play the training level again. And then the second time that I did the training level, um, it froze. It froze at the very end. I got caught and it froze and the, the dialogue started like was just repeating itself. So like I just heard the the, the chief going, Sam, 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 yeah, yeah. Sam, Sam, like until I CD. turned it off. Yeah. That our younger so listeners I, will have never experienced before. <laughs> so I turned it off and I turned it back on. And I was like, okay, this time I'm just going to skip the training. Cause whatever. So I went right to the next one on the D or on the, on the list, the next mission on the list, thinking that you could skip the training if you wanted to, if you played it before, but no, the next shit on the list is the DLC, which is intended to be played after the game. And it's harder. Oh. And so, for like a good hour, I was like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. This game's fucking impossible. I can't get anywhere. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly, I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And BetterHelp is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash remember the game. And so eventually I Googled it and figured it out, but yeah. I just felt like such a moron. And then I had to do the training a third time. <laughs> I'm going to make that the clip that I used to promote this episode is just you saying you had to do the training three times. And then when people start listening to the episode, they'll be like, well, that's why this guy, he just sucks at this fucking game. He couldn't be yeah, the training he, level. That's all. He can't even figure out the menu. Yeah. What a dipshit. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I, yeah. So I, I thought the game looked good and I, I want to say the 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 fire the the goddamn shooting made me insane but for the most part uh i like the controls 
I like the yeah, I like I how agree. easy it is to be stealth and to hug walls and hug corners, grab ledges, use enemies as shields, knock them out and that's, hide them. Like all that handled really, really well. That's that's the one thing I'll give Splinter Cell above Metal Gear Solid Two. I think is that I think the controls are a bit better here. Oh, I yeah, I was like I was waiting to say that because I fucking hate the controls in Metal Gear Solid Two. I thought this game controlled it just felt more natural, like it felt smoother to me. Um, yeah, I, I I will agree with that hesitantly. Yeah, no, yeah, I like that. And I think what this game does, I think this game's biggest strength, which, like, I mean, its biggest strength is that if you like stealth games, it's a pretty good fucking stealth game. Uh, yeah. But the way that they, like, I always find it funny when games make the environment work perfectly with like, Oh, just to, so you're all, you're dressed all in black and your whole objective is to sneak around. And every level just happens to have tons of pitch black corridors in, in areas with bright lights. Like, I understand that it's like, you know, it's like, Oh, red barrels explode in every video game ever. Like, I understand that it's a little bit cheese, but I really yeah. think that the lighting effects in this game are done incredibly well. The, the lighting in this game is spectacular. Yeah. I, I actually a hundred percent agree. However, I do think it's weird that they were like, here's a game with so much realism. And if you hide in a pitch black corner and a guard comes around, he's going to look into that pitch black corner and be like, nothing wrong here. There yeah. aren't three glowing <laughs> green dots just yeah. hovering in the air. Yeah, dude. You know what it makes me think of is that level I was talking about where you're outside in the rain and you have to break in through the vent. And yeah, then yeah. you're in like the utility corridor or whatever. And you have to climb like the chain link fence drop down and then go around this like corner hallway. And there's like one guard pacing up and down the hallway. And you can literally just go into the dark, not even in the corner, but just in the hallway and just stand there. And he'll walk like six inches beside you. And like, just like, (laughs) (sighs) like, man, it's nice that they hired like Mr. Magoo's family to work security in their fucking building here. But but at the same time though, if he was able to see you and catch you, I'd be sitting here ripping it a new ass for being too hard so like it's the lesser of two evils totally totally i I like that i i just yeah like i i do think that the stealth stuff is done really well i like oh another thing i think is really rad in this game as as, and such a minor little detail but the way light switches work and yeah actually yeah it's not bad i like that like it's like when you flip a light switch the lights turn on and off my fan my house doesn't do no that's not what i like i don't mean that like they but like it's just it adds another layer to the game like when you go into a room like if you go into a room where there's one bad guy like you can either try to like sneak around with the lights on and get up behind him or you can turn the lights off he can't see and now you've got the element of surprise like it's almost batman-ish um yeah what 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 i usually was doing was I was like just collecting bodies and just dumping them into corners and rooms and then just turning off the light. Yeah, yeah, same. And just same, walking away. Same thing. It'd be like walking down the hall and I'm hiding in the corner with three like unconscious guards and the guard walks like six inches beside us. And it's, but then every once in a while he would like touch me or something and I'd get caught and then I'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. But um, no, yeah, I just, I can't praise actually frankly I, I can't praise the graphics and the lighting effects and stuff enough like for a for a game that remember everyone needs to remember like this is this is a 20 year old video game like it's pretty that's pretty fucking impressive like the game the game also does have like a tremendous amount of fanfare because the game does like give you a lot of trial and error and stuff the moment the very moment that green hue comes over the screen and it says mission successful. I'm like standing up every time, like punching the air, like, fuck yeah, we yeah. did it. We yeah. got it. Yeah. In, in, yeah, no, agreed. Like in, 
in ways, this game is like a puzzle game. It's a lot of, and and I love puzzle games. Uh, yeah, it's it's also even got some like platforming at points, which I found surprising. Yeah, uh, yeah, agreed. No, I, I agreed. I I just I think like I I really hate to because I don't even want to like I'm not trying to rip on this game at all. I it's less that I think it's a bad game and more just I think it's a game I fucking suck at. And yeah, I just I found think, it. I think that's what it is for me too. I think I think I'm no good at it, and I think maybe it's not for me. Yeah. Because I don't play, I don't play Metal Gear Solid for stealth. I'm not into that. Right. I, I play try. Metal Gear Solid because I gotta know what's gonna happen. Yeah, I try to go stealth, and then inevitably it never works, and then I end up getting caught. It's like there's countless memes online about stealth games, and about how like like minute one you're like I'm not gonna get caught. I'm not gonna kill a single enemy. I'm not gonna get caught at all. Minute ten you're like, well I had to kill that one guy, but now back to normal. Minute fifteen you're like, son of a bitch, and then by minute twenty it's just a shooter. Like and, that's, <laughs> yeah, but, like, and that's what always happens to me. Um, that's yeah, it. Yeah, but this game, this game doesn't really let you do that. No, and like, and that's where I don't think it's a fault because I, I frankly kind of respect the idea that this game is like, no, no, like you can't cheat your way through this. Like you're going to learn to stealth or you're not going to win. And I respect yeah. that. I just am like, but I need to cheat. And it's like, well, well you can't. And I'm like, well, then I'm not going to play you. Fuck you then. Well, that's like, do you, do you remember, do you remember like in the early 360 and PS3 era, like every game was like a cover shooter, but like we had never played games like that. So we didn't do it. And then Gears of War was like, no, you got to do it. You have to do this. Yeah. And and that's like why I think I'm good at cover shooters now is because of Gears of War. Yeah. I fuck. I love Gears of War. Um, everyone keeps asking me like, yes, someday we're going to do a Gears of War episode. I promise. Um, no, I I really liked it. And the thing is, is like, so I, I posted online a few days ago before you and I recorded this episode. And I said, uh, I'm really torn on what to do here because I see a great game. I'm just not good at it. So it's like, I can sit here and say I don't like it. But then I'm like, and this is what I struggle with with Remember the Game sometimes is like, what it, what am I doing? Like, is this a, like if I worked for IGN and I was doing a game review I would be like, well, it's a good game. Like, I can't sit here and be like, it's a good game, but I don't like it, so I'm giving it a five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't. <laughs> yeah, totally. But then I'm like, where's, like, where, what am I, like, am I talking about how good of game I think it is, or am I talking about how much I like it? Because to me, this game falls into the same, before we started recording, you and I were talking about Star Fox, and this game falls into the Star Fox category for me. Not, they don't play anything at all alike, but I, I see that Star Fox are good games. I just don't like them. And I see that this is a good game. It's just not my acquired taste. Um, I'm just so... Oh, the point I wanted to make is a bunch of you have reached out and said, don't write off the series yet. Play... I think Chaos Theory is the one everyone keeps telling me to play. Um, I've played I've played Conviction all the way to the end, and it's pretty fucking good. Yeah, like, I understand that this is the first one. This is, this is like... They're like, getting their... They were getting their, their ground, no, you know? No, no doubt. I... I'm trying to think of it. Halo. Halo is a perfect example. I get messages from people that have never played Halo and they're like, ah, I don't really like Halo one. And I'm like, I get that. Go to Halo two. Like Halo one was them figuring out the formula. Halo two is when they mastered the recipe. Maybe that's what this is. This is Halo one for splinter cell. Cause it is the first one. Um, I just, maybe, maybe I should go back and try those games again. I've never beat those. Yeah. Like I'm going to sit here. I'm telling y'all right now. Don't expect me like, don't expect a splinter cell chaos theory review next week. 
But like at some point, maybe I will give it another chance. I don't hate this game enough to write it off. I actually am kind of like I'm almost I'm almost a little bit in awe, and I respect how much this game kicked my ass. Does that make yeah, sense? Totally. Like I'm like I'm like you don't you're not cheap. You didn't kick my ass because of like like it's not NES hard where games just beat you because they were designed to be impossible. It's not hard because the controls are broken. It's just really hard, and I don't think I'm smart enough to figure it out. Um, totally. Oh, I, I, I completely agree. And, and I wanted to just before we wrap this up, we were talking about the graphics and the controls. Just another thing I'd like to praise is actually the sound. Because again, you know what? Yeah, I, I agree that there's a lot of really great uses of sound here. Yeah, like going back again to keeping in mind, like this isn't this isn't a 2020 game with surround sound and Dolby, whatever the fuck it is. I, maybe it has Dolby. I don't know anything about the technical terms. But like this is a game from 2002, <laughs> and they do a great job of using the sound to let you know when enemies are coming and their conversations get louder as they get closer and stuff like that. Like it yeah, expects and- you to rely on sound to help beat it. And the soundtrack isn't anything spectacular, but it's at, uh, atmospheric at least. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the game would break if they put, like, heavy-duty, like, rock music in it and stuff. Like, it's supposed to be... Uh, frankly, it's supposed to be quiet so that you can hear where the enemies are. Um, yeah, I guess that, that makes sense, yeah. And even so, the ways... I, you know, I, think, I think it works on that level. Yeah, and, and the ways that it, like, it your sound, like the sound you make, has an impact on whether or not you get caught and stuff is, again fucking so difficult but really really fucking well done i'm just reading a review on the wikipedia page and uh one comment here where did it go uh the village voice gave the playstation 2 version an 8 out of 10 and said quote if this game were any more realistic you'd have to hold in your farts end quote (laughs) that's that's funny i like that like it's true like it's it's i'm very impressed like my only real knock on it is that i suck at it but like it's a good video game I think that if I had got and played this game in 2003, I would have loved it. Yeah. yeah. But I've been spoiled. I've been spoiled by like modern video games, kind of holding your hand a little bit, you know, yeah. like with the exception, of course, like everybody's like, what about Souls games? I, I, I don't talk about that. No, we don't talk it, about that here. But you're right. And like, and like, I come from a generation, as do you, but like, I know I'm a little older than you. Like, I come from that NES generation. Like, I'm like, yeah, because like I like for the most part I like tough games, but mm-hmm. if it's a tough game in a genre that I'm not very good at, like racing or this, then I'm like I get I if I was good at this game I would be all over this fucking game. But I suck, yeah. and it is so so unforgiving. It's just I know I keep beating the drum, but if you've never played this game, everybody, it is just so insanely unforgiving. It is it is that boyfriend or girlfriend that never stops bringing up the one time you fucked up. Every time. <laughs> yeah. It just it just lets you know you fucked up all the time. And I was you like, know I know I'm a fuck up. Stop you letting know, me fuck you, up. You know what else is like a pretty cool um uh, uh mechanic that pissed me off to no end is that in this game, um I mentioned it briefly earlier, but you have to hide the bodies. And like they teach you how to do that in Metal Gear Solid as well, but like you don't really gotta do it that much in that game. In this game, if you don't do it, people will find you those bodies. And so sometimes you'll just be like doing something on your own and nothing is going on, and then all of a sudden you stop dead in your tracks and they're like, 
you raised an alarm. Yeah. We have to start again. And it's oh, like, fuck. Dude, that's what it was when I was talking about getting softlocked in that basement. That's yeah. what it was, was I had left oh. a body somewhere. And so I would be going down these stairs, and then every single time the alarm would go off, and he'd be like, they found your body. And I was like, I don't even know what party it is. I don't know where the fuck it is. Like, I can't and I go just, back and find it. I, I also love how brutal he is. He's like, one alarm is one too many, Sam. Yeah, yeah he's, he's no chief from Inspector Gadget. Like, yeah. I'm like, if you're really that good a chief, how about you give me some fucking advice? Because I'm stuck, and I'm the one in this basement getting fucking killed over and over again. You stupid it means he gets results you stupid chief um anyone gets that reference shout out i think i'm done i don't know what else to say it's a good game that i suck at yeah I, and i think that's what it is and you know what i don't even know if i'd necessarily call it a good game i'd say it's probably a pretty uh, uh, functional operational game it's not my favorite thing in the world i think yeah i think go ahead i think i think that they could have taken all of the concepts they had and balanced them differently and had a much more fun game. And I think that's where we're going to... Half of me agrees with you and half of me doesn't. I think we're going to semi-disagree. Because, like, I, 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 I like, like... I can't think of anything about the game that I'm like, well, that's broken. Like, that's crap. I just, yeah. It's just too fucking difficult. And, and for the love of fuck... Don't use a goddamn fuck. And if anyone listening to this is from Georgia, not Georgia in the U.S., but Georgia and wherever the fuck it is on the other side of the planet, no offense, but, like, I don't even know you're there. I didn't know you're fucking... I don't even know if it's a country or what, but I didn't we know it existed. Today, what? We learned today, though. Yeah, we sure did. But, like, <laughs> for all you fucking game developers out there, use Berlin. Or use, like... <laughs> Use fucking Moscow use, or like use Zurich. Like yeah, just make it easy. Just use a place that I fucking don't know of somewhere else, please. Cause I'm not I'm just not smart enough for this fucking game. <laughs> anyway, how the fuck are we the gonna score the, this the next splinter cell the next splinter cell is set in Edmonton in Yugoslavia. Yeah. Dude, so yeah, <laughs> uh, I was gonna say no, nah, never mind. Because I don't want to give away any details about where my family lives, so I'm not going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> how the fuck are we going to score this goddamn thing? You know what? Normally, I try to find a scale that has something to do with the game itself, but this time, I'm just going to be stupid. I probably got caught a thousand times. So, if we're scoring this game out of a thousand captures, what would you score the original Tom Clancy <sighs> Splinter Cell Stealth Action Redefined? I don't know if that's the technical name of it, but that's what See, I I see what Splinter Cell did, and I'm sure I've only ever played Conviction. I haven't played Chaos Theory, which I've been recommended about 10 million times. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that this is an excellent launch pad for this for series sure. um, into probably something that is, that is better. Again, I've never played Pandora Tomorrow or Blacklist or any of those. Uh, I've just played Conviction. So I'm going to give it 750 out of 1,000 captures all right i can get on board with that let me say too uh they, they announced last year that a remake of this game is in the works and oh yeah that's right i i will play that for the record i will more than likely play the remake because i want to i, for, I, I, I forgot see, about that completely i want to i see also what, forgot about that prince of persia one they're doing too yeah like i'm interested in what they could do with this game with with ps5 xbox series x hardware um as opposed to what it looked like on anyway i just saying i i mean like i'm not writing the franchise off I just suck. Totally. Uh, if I was scoring out of a thousand, I'd probably get into like the seven seventy five because it's it's good. I'm just not good, but it's good. Yeah. 
Um, I just, I wish it was just like a little bit more forgiving. Just a little bit. Just a little, little, (laughs) like you can't, the AI isn't that good. It's just if you make a half a mistake, you're fucked. Like, come on now. Totally. Anyway, um, the AI is probably smarter than I am because the AI knows where fucking Georgia is. Yeah. But- well, and I played it. I played it on the Xbox One rather than the Series X. And I don't know if you had this issue, but the load times between getting caught was the biggest piss off about getting caught. Yeah, I'm not gonna ding it for it because I know that you know the hardware back then isn't the hardware today. But yeah, the sure, load. Totally. The, but the load times were fresh. Like that's something that drives me crazy about tough games too. I love tough games that kill me. Like Celeste will kill you over and over, and then it's like respot 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 so i'm not gonna ding a 20 year old game for its low times but it was it did add more frustration to my already frustrated frustrations for sure the only 20 year old the only 20 year old game i'll ding for load times is morrowind have you ever played morrowind <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude the, those load times are fucking insane why are they so long yeah why well, yeah no i agree with that <laughs> um yeah Fuck yeah. All right. Well, we made it. We did it. I, I feel better good about this. I don't feel like we yeah. were unfair. I'm I'm going to get some hate for it, I'm sure. But other than that, I, I feel all right. So uh, Yeah. I, and as always, feel free to just like forward that to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if <laughs> yeah, you want to yeah. do that, uh, if you're comfortable sharing it, where can people find you these days? Uh, oh, I yeah. uh, you can find me on Instagram. That's mostly where I do all my video game stuff and my instagram handle is the gaming odyssey there you go oh yeah because your avatar is mario and yoshi yes that's yeah. correct every time i see that avatar i'm like yeah except yoshi <laughs> eat my ass. but uh yeah so yeah check bradley out over there and uh buddy thanks for doing this man that was fun hey no problem an absolute blast as always my man That's going to do it for this week's episode. Bradley, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Splinter Cell and every single one of you stealthy nerds listening. Whether this was your first Remember the Game or your 209th, thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate it. And if you're a big Splinter Cell fan, I hope I wasn't too hard on your game. I respect the shit out of it. It's just I suck at it. Um, and I think it's kind of boring. But that's more of just I don't like the the the, the genre more than the game itself. It's a this is a masterclass in stealth and I understand the blazes, uh, the trails that it blazed, the blazed of the trails that this game was responsible for. So much respect to splinter cell. Uh, if you're interested, you can find Bradley on Instagram at the gaming odyssey, as you have already said in the podcast. I think that I just pulled that out of the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure that was the right handle. Uh, yeah. And that's it. If you didn't hate this podcast, leave us a nice review. I see the reviews. We've been getting a lot of them lately, and they make me feel nice. So thank you very much for the reviews. Leave us a good one if you're enjoying it. And if you want access to over 200 bonus podcasts, you want two additional shows every week, you want to be able to play Play One, Remake One, Erase One, you want to vote for the games we cover, you want to join our Discord, you want to be able to DM with me, spend $2 of your month on us at patreon.com slash rememberthegame, and you're going to get two additional podcasts every week, including Expansion Pass number 123, which goes live tomorrow, which will be my WW2K22 2K 22 review that is right uh and game patch 101 which will go live on friday where we talk about all the biggest news in modern video games 
Uh, plus, don't forget, 5% of our Patreon gets donated to charity. I have a P.O. box. You can find the ad- address at rememberthegamepodcast.com. Shoot me just a postcard or a letter, something little. Let me know where you're listening. I'll send you one back. We'll be pen pals. And check me out on Twitch. I stream whenever I get the opportunity. Twitch.tv slash game. I never beg for subs or anything. It's totally free. You can just see my dumb face and argue with me, and it's lots of fun. Uh, that's going to do it. I am going to get the hell out of here. And then I'm going to thank some patrons and shut this thing down. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with remember the game number 210. Admittedly, I don't know what it's going to be about yet, but I'm sure it'll be decent. Okay. Thank you to easy. Everybody. I'll talk to you later. Cheers. Goodbye. Remember the game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I churn out every week without all of your support. The following people are signed up at the senior executive vice president level or higher at patreon.com slash remember the game. So I'd like to take a moment as I'm contractually obligated to do and fuck up a bunch of their names in a weird rushed thank you skit. So a massive thank you to... Makeshift Mallow Magic Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre Keegs and his stupid arrow handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, The Good Enough Gamer on YouTube, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Aaron Lawson, Nathan Tremblay, A-Town, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, G9PSX, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Copland, Doogie, WolfMagic21, Johnny CCDC, Joe LeBlanc, Squints, Titan420, Zonko504, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Game Nomad Misi, Daniel, Tunable Power, John Woodruff, Just a Fish, Noob Q, The Super Dad Bros Podcast, Denzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Chris Dickin, Matthew D'Amico, FrostyFeet492, Triple, Austin Cook, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Raysan Wontongo, DBXG, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Phil McCracken, Trav H. Mizuru, Nicholas Chaffee, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Reuven Elizald, Eric James, Riley Turvey, Jake Carter, Mexican Johnny, C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Munch Makuchi, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Sausage, Russell Al- Russell, oh, I was doing so good. Russell Seg- Segway, Evolva, Sean Ramos, DB Cooper, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Brant Hewitt, Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Aaron Mitson, Fuzzy99, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Scary Terry, Bucky Duck, Benjamin Swiller, Hega Waffle, Kayach, Jimothy, Joe Stowe, Chris Williams, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Nicole Novak, Cody Richardson, General Fury, Dem Boys on the Roof, James Juan Francesco, The Jamadian Nightmare, Matt Hamilton, Nomad, James Black, Sam Carpenter, Nerd. Hybrid, Colin Bollinger, Justified 01, Lucas, Joey Mercury, You Lick My Butt, IR Jackal, Theran, Squeak Nuts, Isaias, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Lance Jones, Brian Neese, Christian Gabriel, Maverick Marty, Big Poppy Logan, Phil Vall. Vow? Phil Vow. Sorry, Phil. John M. Watkins, Tally 311, Beef Dingleberry, Hitchy Poo, Daniel Matthews, Arctic Fission, Ronaldo Marquez. That's a sweet name. Connor McCann, Bulma Simp, Mark Naley. Darren Dickey, Trevor McKee, Quiet Place Queen, Cam Nelly, and Zamatos. If I fucked up your name, it's a badge of honor, goddammit. Thanks so much for the support, everybody. Talk to you later. Purple Monkey Dishwasher.